The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Good afternoon and welcome to The Career Confidant. This is Marie Zimanoff. And if you've been joining us on the show, you know that we're here to give you the tools and resources that you need to move your career forward and take control of your career direction. And we have had a run of amazing guests on the show, and today will be no different. Today we we welcome Rhonda Onstead, who is a career practitioner as well as a master of social work. And I love Rhonda's bio. It says she's committed to using career development to transform lives, communities, and the world. And um, if you've been listening to the show for very long, you know that I agree with her and am on the same mission. So Rhonda, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It is my pleasure to be here, Marie. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, and your business, you run a private practice called Be the Change Career Consulting. And so this topic that we're going to be talking about today, which is international development, sounds like it fits perfectly with the type of work that you do. So I'm so excited to have you as an expert in this field to talk about international development. So start off a little bit and tell us what international development is as a profession. Sure. Um, So international development or global development, the terms are kind of used interchangeably. Um, It's basically um, agencies and activities that are designed to pull people out of poverty, people living in developing countries, and basically increasing their quality of life, um, health, social opportunities, um, fighting oppression, that type of work. And... um, and development generally refers to um, organizations and agencies that um, that are specifically focused on doing that, and um, and so this includes um, a lot of projects like building wells, helping farmers be more productive, but it also can um, refer to relief work and humanitarian aid, helping people um, in disasters or wars or refugees. Um, and so it really is working with the most vulnerable um, section of society and really focusing on making their lives better. Um, international development as a field kind of refers to, um, to the, aid, the aid component of it. And so um, that's what makes it different from um, general nonprofits and, uh, and other types of agencies is that it's funded 
through um, through international aid, World Bank, United Nations, um, as well as you know, like USAID and and government agencies, and um, and so you know, in some ways, it's similar to nonprofit work, but there's some complexity in the funding mechanisms that enable people to to do this type of work. And, um, and so I think that, you know, there's, like I said, there's a lot of overlap so that, you know, what is needed in private sector as far as accounting and administration and all of that is also need, needed in international development. But there's also specialized skills as far as, um, uh, you know, gender specialist, agronomist, economist, um, people who really understand the logistics of delivering relief, um, for example, those are some things that are pretty specified to the international development field. Um, but you also need to be able to, um, to understand the complexities and the bureaucracies of how, how funding is, um, is given, and I think that is kind of the main difference from other other sectors is that level of complexity about how they get their money. Okay, and so if if somebody wants to work into this field, what are some of the challenges that they face, or how how do they get into this field of development? Yeah, I think um, so. Obviously people who want to get into international development, there is a, um, there's definitely a really big desire to, to make a difference. Right. And, um, and so a lot of people will get into the field or want to get into the field because they, they have a cause. They want to um, make life better, like for, um, for children, refugees or for, um, for women in developing countries, um, or for farmers, or for street kids, and um, and so a lot of times that's where they'll start is looking at the organizations that are doing the type of work that they really want to be involved in, and um, and so what one of the challenges is that that the expectation of the work that you'll be doing doesn't often meet the reality of it. And, um, and so I really, the people who want to break into the field really need to do their research. And um, I mean, and this is common in, you know, in pretty much all job searching strategies, but, but it needs to be, you know, kind of taken up a notch um, with international development. And, and I think it's really important to research in two areas. And the first one is really yourself. Like self-knowledge is something that's very um, underutilized in, in international development, but it is really, really important. Like you need to know not only your skills, but also your, your personality, your preferences, the type of life that you want to live, because international development is a really demanding field. And if there is a mismatch between... Um, you know, your working style, your cognitive style, your personality, what you enjoy doing on a daily basis, then, um, then you're not going to be really good at your job and or suffer from burnout. 
So that's one of, that's a challenge once you get into it that I really work with my clients to help them avoid that as they're moving into the field. And, um, and so again, really starting with an understanding of, of who you are and the type of work that you want to do and then do that research into the actual, um, you know, the actual field. And so look at the organizations that are doing the type of work that you want to do, so the cause that you believe in, and then getting an understanding of what the day-to-day jobs are really like. And, um, and for example, a lot of the work is very administration-heavy because, as I mentioned, you know, these funding me- mechanisms require a lot of paperwork. And so if you're a person who, like, really wants to work with refugee kids, you might not really be interested in writing reports and monitoring budgets. And if that's what you do day in and day out, you're not going to be able to make the impact that you really want to make in the world. Um, and so there are the jobs that are more hands-on and people-oriented. And so it's really important to know if that's something that you need, then um, then you've got to really um, do your research and do your networking so that um, you're able to find those jobs because they're few and far between and they're pretty competitive. And in fact, development overall is a really competitive field. And so, um, so once you've done the done your research, then networking is um, the most successful way of getting into development. And again, that's true for most jobs, but, um, but for development, you have to realize that the organizations are pretty risk adverse. They want to really know that you're going to succeed because they don't have a lot of money and, um, and training and replacing people is really expensive. And so um, they really rely on employee referrals to fill a lot of their open positions. And, um, and so, so when we talk about some of these things, it's similar to the nonprofit world, right? Where you may need to volunteer or do something to get your foot in the door and to become known within that industry, right? I mean, going from, especially going from the corporate world and thinking you're going to step into one of these jobs, they're not necessarily as hot on that idea as a corporate person might think they should be, right? Exactly, exactly. And I mean, the other big piece of this, which is pretty obvious, is the international experience. And so a lot of people do break into the field by doing international volunteering opportunities like Peace Corps. Um, and that is, and that is a really effective way, um, because again, then you demonstrate commitment, you demonstrate your ability to work with people of different cultures and to work in developing countries. Those things are, are pretty crucial for most jobs. Um, and, and then it also gives you a really strong network um, of people once you do that. Now, if you don't have two years that you want to commit to, you know, living overseas and, and doing a volunteer job like, like Peace Corps, um, you know, there are other ways of, of, um, of networking and getting into the field, but you, you, pretty, you have to be pretty creative and you have to be very intentional about it. 
these types of jobs don't fall into people's laps. Um, and obviously, it can be a lot easier to do this type of work if you live in Washington, D.C. or New York or London or Geneva. Um, but, you know, I think that there's some really interesting networking opportunities now through LinkedIn and organizations like DevX.com that, um, that can really help link you to other people who are, who are doing this kind of work and figuring out the role that you can play. Sure. And so when we're talking about this type of work, you know, it's one of those kind of you have to jump in with both feet and and really be willing to make the commitment to get there because it is competitive. It requires a specific skill set. And my guess is that it's not a lucrative career field, especially when people are just getting into it. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is not certainly not the industry to get into if you want to be if you want to get rich. Um, I mean, there's certainly you can certainly have um, lucrative consultancies, and it doesn't mean that you're going to be a you know a starving artist, but um, but it really is for people who um, who are dedicated to making a difference and who have a lot of patience and persistence. I mean, you need that to get into the field, and you need it when you're there as well. Um, this kind of change takes a lot, and it's you know there's a lot of competing interests. And so having tolerance with bureaucracy can also be really useful, but as well as having, you know, that idealism of, of doing what it takes to, to make lives better. Um, the field really needs all different kinds of people because it is so complicated Yeah, and we'll get more into that. We'll talk more about the different types of positions that that you see in that field when we come back from break. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series on Industry Cloud Trends. Join us to learn about the next wave of industry-specific solutions moving into the cloud. Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking with Rhonda Onstead about international development. So we've talked about what that field is, right? That it's people who are working internationally to help bring others out of poverty, to do social entrepreneurship, to help those who have suffering from political oppression, social oppression, dealing with health issues, education issues. So that social side of development, right? We're not talking about sales or business development here. We're talking about developing the third world, or even some of that is done here in the local U.S. And the Peace Corps has started doing what they call AmeriCorps, right? And they've been doing that for, I don't know, maybe even the last 10 years, sending people to local places to do development. And so there's a lot of opportunity here. And as Rhonda has been sharing, there's also a lot of competition. These are desirable jobs. And so we've been talking a little bit about how to get into these jobs. And so Rhonda, just we were talking kind of on the break, and there are a lot of different ways that people can contribute without necessarily having to work for USAID or something, the UN, right? I think sometimes we get right. focused on some of those those huge organizations that are a little bit harder to get into. Right. Yeah. I think the thing that is really interesting about our day and age is that there is a lot more um, focus on, you know, on the lives of people everywhere. Like we have so much information about, you know, what's happening in, you know, rural Africa, what's, um, you know, what life is like in Indonesia. And, um, and there is, so there's a lot of organizations that are, um, that are more niche, you know, that aren't, again, global, World Bank, United Nations, USAID, but, um, but, the, we've got you know, um, a level of nonprofit organizations or non-governmental organizations, and some of these are, you know, are probably names that you've heard of, like um, like Care, um, Save the Children, um, World Vision, organizations like that. So international non-governmental organizations, and those types of of nonprofit agencies. Um, really do need, you know, a lot of, of support. So if you're looking at the types of jobs that are available to someone who doesn't have a PhD in economics, then, um, then there's a lot around program and project management. This field is really project heavy. It's not so much about, um, about a, a presence that one agency has in one country, um, a, a place like um, development, DAI, Development Alternatives International, for example, they're working hundreds of different projects in, you know, in dozens of different countries. 
And so there needs to be people who manage that, who manage the, um, the outcomes and the personnel, manage the budget. And, um, and so those, if you, for example, are an accountant that is interested in being involved in a value-driven organization, then that type of skill set can be useful. And, um, and so I don't, you don't want to just narrow yourself to having necessarily these, you know, high-level technical skills because there's there are administrative needs that, um, that are really important as well. Um, on the other hand, there are some really unique positions that you're not going to find anyplace else. And, you know, so I'm working with a development sociologist, for example, and she is basically doing research in, um, in agricultural areas to understand how they interact with each other so that, um, an agricultural project will have more community acceptance, for example. Um, and for the statistically minded and the mathematically minded of the bunch, you know, monitoring and evaluation is something that is becoming more and more crucial in the field. Understanding if projects are really making a difference and what kind of impact they actually have. Um, so that requires people with cultural sensitivity skills so that you can interview people from different cultures, but also that statistical analysis. Um, so there is a, a huge variety of jobs. Um, and, and so that goes back to the research that I was talking about, understanding what you want to do, understanding what jobs match your passion and your interest and your skill set. And then looking to see what might be those gaps that, that you have that keep you from, like, being able to step into that position. And, um, and the best way to really know that is to talk to people. Yeah, and do that, do that research that you can't do online, right? Exactly. I think informational interviews, and I hate that word because it sounds like so staid, but, um, but it really is just building relationships, talking to people who have the same passion that you do. Um, I mean, we, we in international development, we're a passionate bunch. Like, we really want to make things better. And if you have that same interest in climate change, in women's empowerment, um, you know, even really super specific, you know, um, areas of expertise, again, like disaster logistics, you know, there are people who are just as passionate about that. And so, so I think that the concept of networking feels, um, feels a little, can feel kind of sleazy. Um, and in development, I find it to be really different. It is, it is really establishing relationships with people who have the same interest and passion that you do. And then just taking that to one step further and, you know, inviting them out for coffee and, and talking about, you know, what are the things that are needed in that position or in that field or their organization and getting some insight about the kind of contribution that you can make for them. Um, and if you don't have the skills that they need, they're going to tell you because, again, they know what's needed and, um, and they want to bring in people who can really 
you know, make that kind of contribution. So talking to people who are doing the work, that's really where you're going to, you know, understand what's needed and also what you can do to get that type of position. Yeah, and that research, that networking, you know, it's not, I think people sometimes get confused about how that process works. And so they feel like they're, like you said, they're being sleazy or or fooling people. And if you're doing it that way, you're doing it wrong, right? It's, that's not what it's meant to be. It's that research, talking to someone, really understanding what they do. And then as we talked about earlier in this field, a lot of it is getting involved and, and helping in some way. That's really how you're going to network. Right, right. And, you know, I think that, 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 that type of, um, that type of approach is, is, is useful in international development. I think it's a little trickier than in nonprofit agencies because, um, the skill level is so specific and there's not the same type of, um, you know, like events and fundraisings that local nonprofits do. So, um, they, t- like interns, interning is a really good way of getting into international development. Um, and, but the volunteering is more like, you know, something like Peace Corps, for example. Um, but that's, again, there are, um, like communities of practice and affiliations that you can, can be a part of, and they don't even have to be in person. I think that, um, LinkedIn is one of the best resources for people in international development because there's a ton of groups of people asking each other questions. And, um, and again, I found them to be really supportive when people say, I just got my master's in development economics and I want to work for such and such an agency. What kind of advice do you have? Um, I found that there has, there's, um, a really strong community of people who um, wanna, want to help people break in the field and give you information that's really, really useful. Um, so that in-space networking is really important if you're able to do it. And again, in some cities, like I live right outside of Washington, D.C., and there's a ton of events that are happening every week. So, um, so here, it's pretty easy. If you live in, in Boulder, it might not be, um, you might not have that same access, but by taking advantage of, um, of LinkedIn groups and organizations like DevX, um, then there are ways that you can find out who the players are, understand what people are doing, understand the challenges that they're facing, and then you can see if your skills and expertise can help solve some of those challenges. Um, you know, this is a field that is beautifully complicated and complex. You know, there's always work to be done because there are so many different factors. And so we need the people with, you know, sharp minds, um, you know, persistence, a sense of purpose, um, as well as, you know, that desire to make a difference. Um, you know, these are, these are the biggest problems that we have to solve. I mean, poverty has been around for <laughs> probably as long as, you know, there's been society. And, um, 
And the reason why poverty persists is because the factors are interrelated and complicated. And, um, and it's a really exciting time to be a part of it because um, there's some new ideas that are being implemented working with technology. Um, so there's, so um, there's lots of opportunities if you've got the persistence to look for them. Perfect. So Rhonda, tell people how they can get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more about what you do and maybe more about international development jobs. Great. Yeah. Um, the best way to get in touch with me is um, through my website. So it is bethechangecareers.com. And, um, and there you'll find um, more about me, more about my services, um, you know, resume writing, um, career coaching and consultation. And, um, and there's a contact form. And if you do, um, do email me through the, the contact form, then, um, then I'm happy to set up a 30 minute consultation to talk about what your career goals are and, um, and if career coaching might be a good option for you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise today, Rhonda. It's been my pleasure. It's been great talking with you, Marie. Thank you so much. Yes. And if you're listening here, don't tune out. We'll be right back. I'm going to recap some of the things that Rhonda has shared and give you some specific resources for researching more about international development jobs. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been talking with Rhonda Onstead about international development jobs, so those being jobs where you are involved in helping move the world forward, right, addressing poverty, addressing oppression, and working internationally to do those things. So as Rhonda discussed, you know, this work is like most nonprofit work, only maybe a step further, really requires you to be in the industry, to have a foot in the door, to to be doing that work in some way. So whether that's an internship or some kind of volunteer work that you do with some of these organizations, that is going to be critical to get your foot in the door. Lots of people, of course, go to graduate school, do some of those things to get into this type of work. One of the neat things I think the Peace Corps has been doing more recently is you don't have to be 21 to go into the Peace Corps, right? They're taking experienced professionals and and putting them on Peace Corps types of assignments, and it gives you the opportunity if you're in your mid-career to do this kind of work, make this kind of shift. So networking is going to be key and obviously doing your research and really understanding what types of positions are available and the more you can know about that so that you can focus your networking and your volunteering or whatever you're going to do, the better off you'll be. So doing that research Um, Rhonda talked about LinkedIn a couple of times and the importance of using LinkedIn because there are so many resources there that you can get connected with. For instance, I searched international development in the groups section of LinkedIn, and there's over 2,000 groups. All of them might not be relevant, but the first page of them looks very relevant. International Development Professionals Group, professionals that work with non-governmental organizations, NGOs, to network and share experiences and resources. So 61, almost 62,000 members in that group. Then, of course, you have jobs groups, jobs in NGOs, 50,000 members of that group. And the thing to remember is that, yes, there are people in those groups that you can connect with to do your research. And Rhonda said (laughs) informational interviewing. And then she said she hates that term. And and I, I agree with her. I hate that term. I just say career research. You're doing some career research. You'd love to talk with them about what they do. The more specific you can be and approaching people directly, the better information you'll get. If you are going to post in a group that you're looking for information or advice, please use those words, information, advice, guidance. And when you start posting in those groups that you're looking for a job, does anybody have a job available? You probably will hear crickets or not very helpful information, kind of look desperate. So I'd prefer that if you're doing research in those groups, keep it in that framework, in that language, 
that you're doing research, you'd love advice. How did people get into that work versus anything asking for or saying that you're necessarily looking for a job as a general post in a group. Better, of course, to connect with people individually, do that research through those groups. You can look at members of the group and and can try and connect with people that way. And also, of course, posting relevant information, asking relevant questions, and answering or commenting on posts by others are all great ways to connect with people within those groups. There's also specific organizations that have groups on LinkedIn that may have great resources off of LinkedIn. For instance, the Society for International Development. They have a LinkedIn group and they probably also have a website where you can go and see more about that career path, the group, see if you can find members, You'll be surprised at the number of groups who have some kind of membership list or some way for you to see how to connect with those folks. Or they may just post jobs and have other resources on those types of professional development groups. A great opportunity for you to connect with people through those professional development groups. They may do conferences, they may do other things that you could get involved with to learn more about what they do. I'm sure there are many different ones, but a few of the other ones, as Rhonda had mentioned, DevX, D-E-V-E-X, D-E-V-E-X, is a website that talks about development, international development jobs. So it's a place where they've talk about jobs and there's a community that you can join there and interact with as Rhonda was talking about. So if you're interested, you would check out that one, devex.com. Also found devj, so development.jobs, devj.org, which lists jobs. And again, not necessarily that you need to apply to jobs or be ready apply to jobs to go to these sites. But it's a great way to look at the job titles. What's being posted? What, which ones will fit your skill set? How can you start to narrow that down? And then to also look at company names, organization names. Who should you be targeting? Who might you not have heard of? You know, it may be to your benefit to look at other organizations, but just just besides USAID and, you know, the United Nations, those are huge and, and maybe more difficult to, to network into, whereas smaller ones may be easier. So you're doing that research, even as you're looking at a job board, to really understand what positions you might want to focus into on and what organizations are available that you might not have heard of yet. Then, of course, you can go to usaid.gov, and they've got a careers website. So usaid.gov backslash careers really goes through a, a pretty good description of the types of people that they hire. They, of course, have videos, and you can go through their vacancy announcements. 
So as Rhonda said, you're you're first doing some kind of internal work to figure out what it is that you want to do, right? What skill sets do you bring? What do you want to offer? Whether you're starting out from school or you're an experienced professional, we're going to have to figure out exactly what do we want to target, right? Are you going to be a financial person or an HR person? All of those jobs are available in these types of organizations, and they do require some specific knowledge of the industry, just like any other industry does. And so as you're looking through these jobs, you can think about which types of jobs are going to be the best fit for your skill set. And with any career transition, we know that if you're looking to make a transition, the best way you can do that is to leverage an existing skill set versus trying to change industries and jobs or what you do at the same time. So to go from being a, a CPA to being a director of a nonprofit, that's going to be a big step to go from being a CPA to being the administrator or, you know, chief financial person at one of these types of organizations is going to be a much easier transition, although still have some of the challenges that Rhonda and I were talking about before. But the whole idea is when you're starting with your research to really understand the industry, what they're looking for, the language that they use, and specifically the language that they use for the types of positions that you might be interested in, and then to start interacting in some of these communities to start your network. And as Rhonda said, you know, there's going to be easier or more opportunities in some locations and maybe more difficult in others. However, I would say today there's probably some kind of international aid related organization or affiliated organization in almost every community. So here in Fort Collins, Colorado, for instance, it's actually the home of Peace Corps, where Peace Corps started at Colorado State University. So you may think you're in the middle of Colorado in a fairly small town. How are you going to get connected? And wouldn't you know, it's a pretty pretty easy connection right there. Some other international nonprofits who may not necessarily be international aid, but just international nonprofits may also be a good place to start. Here again in Fort Collins, Colorado, we have an organization called Trees, Water, People, and and they do international projects focused more on the environment, but might be a good place to volunteer and to get started for someone who is interested in moving into that type of work. And of course, I think the most important thing you can know about yourself and then research about these organizations are some of the practical down-to-earth things. If you're going to like that lifestyle, if you're going to have to move, if you're going to have to travel, um, how much money are you going to make? What are all those things really practically going to look like? I think that we can get caught up in the fairy tale of this kind of work and forget some of the realities. And as Rhonda said, also forget some of the realities of those positions, which are just going to be like any other position at any other organization where you have to do paperwork and you have to do the grunt work and not everything you do is going to be mind-blowing, changing the world 
effective, right? It's 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 going to require the whole picture of what a job looks like in any organization and knowing that you're doing it for an organization with the mission that aligns with what you want to be doing. So as you're doing your research, again, looking at, at these or websites, it's a great place to start. Really understand what they're looking for, how it aligns with what you want to do and who these organizations are and which ones might be the best fit. Then we can go into a place like LinkedIn and make quality connections with people who do the same things we want to do, where we can build real relationships and have real in-depth research conversations that will help build our network. So we're going to take another short break. We'll be back in just a few minutes and tie up our conversation here about international development. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, our world is faced with complex challenges that present massive potential risks. Conflict, misunderstanding, misalignment of organizations and their leadership, lost productivity, wasted time, and wasted resources resulting from limiting perspectives, distraction, and hardline positions are damaging our today and our future. The monetary cost of such failures is in the billions. Stop wasting time. Make a shift. Engage with host David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, Thursdays at 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about international development and that specifically being those jobs within those organizations who are focused on doing work around the world to help others, whether that's those being oppressed by political reasons or poverty or needing education or healthcare, any of those organizations that are meeting those basic human needs around the world. And so when we're thinking about this, and, and we had Rhonda Onstead today on the, the line, 
And as she said, please feel free to check out her organization, Be the Change Career Consulting. She works specifically with people who are trying to make this transition. And specifically to the nonprofit world, of course, is this kind of idea of volunteering in the paid world. You might call it an internship. And that's a great way to get into any job. And unfortunately, a lot of the times those things seem more available to people who are students. So when we think about, you know, you could go back to graduate school to get into international development, I would say, yes, that might be true. And just going back to school is not going to be the end-all be-all. Going back to school would be an opportunity for you to do some of these things we've been talking about, right? To, as a student, do a volunteer, do some volunteer work. To, as a student, do an internship with one of these organizations. If we just go to school and take our classes and get our master's or whatever it might be, and don't take the opportunity to do any of those things, we probably won't be any closer to an international development job then than we were when we entered school. So kind of a warning there that if you're thinking about going back to school to get into this field, that can be a great opportunity and you'll have to do the additional things during school to make that happen. So as we're going through our, our research process and as I talked about, especially if you're thinking about a career transition into this field, using your existing experience is going to be very helpful. Instead of trying to leap two steps, leap that tall building all in one bound, take that step that that really capitalizes on your existing skill set just within this new field. And then, of course, there's all the different ways that you can make that transition. You can go back to school, of course, realizing that you'll have these additional things you want to do while you're in school to make that transition. You could network like crazy. And my guess is that eventually, in, in this field, some of that would mean probably volunteering. And eventually you'd impress the right people and, and be able to get your foot into an organization. Of course, that's going to happen more likely with a smaller organization who has a more nimble hiring process. USAID, any of those things that are more governmental, for instance, or bigger NGOs, probably have a more structured hiring process and you'll have a harder time networking into those. Doesn't mean it's impossible, but it will be more challenging. You might find partnering organizations that allow you to do some kind of volunteering where you might connect with, work with people in these types of fields. So your church may do some kind of international work where they're partnering with USAID or some other kind of non-governmental organization to do the work. A great way to meet people, to network, and to, to possibly get your foot in the door through that kind of quote-unquote volunteering, even though you're not volunteering for that organization. Similarly, organizations like Rotary International, anywhere where they're doing that international work, even if they're not necessarily an NGO or consider themselves to be 
formally in that field. Again, you get to connect with those types of people, put some of that type of experience on your resume and help move yourself forward. So doing your research, knowing what it is that, that you bring to these organizations, what it is that they're looking for, and then getting involved in the communities. How can you learn more about the field? And, you know, as, as uh, Rhonda and I were talking about on one of those, the, the breaks, I think the challenge in this type of work is that it doesn't happen by accident. And it takes a lot of work to get work in these areas. The good news is that it takes a lot of effort to get work in many areas. And in the areas that we are really passionate about, usually they don't come easily. So nothing new there. It's all about focus and doing the networking that you need to do and kind of taking your knocks, if you will, or paying your dues, whatever you want to call it, to get to where you might want to be. And those of you who are young, you have many opportunities to get involved with these things through the Peace Corps and religious organizations or other ways that you can get started in this type of work. For those of you who are mid-career, it may be a bit more challenging, and there's still plenty of opportunities there. I was talking to one of my fellow Rotarians, who the Rotarians do a project in Costa Rica around edu education, literacy, and they were talking about a middle-aged couple who is down in Costa Rica on a, on a Peace Corps assignment. So may take some financial planning, may take some time to get to the point where you could be able to do something like that. But if you really wanted to make it happen, the opportunities exist. So if you're interested in this type of work or really any kind of nonprofit work, all of these techniques will be great help for you in making a transition into that kind of work. And if you have any questions or would like any assistance with making that transition, of course, please connect with Rhonda at B. I better look at her website and make sure I give you the right thing here. Be the Change Career Consulting, Be the Change Career Consulting, Rhonda Onstead, or you're always welcome to connect with me, Marie, M A R I E, at a strategic advantage.com. And Please tune in next week. We're going to be talking about another great career topic. Next week, we'll be talking to Thea, and she's been on the show before. She's coming back, which is exciting. And we'll be talking about the no fear negoci negotiation. So Thea Kelly will be coming back to the show to talk about the no fear negoci negotiation. So if you've been thinking about asking for that raise at work, or you're interviewing for jobs and want to make sure you get the best benefits and pay that you can from the beginning, tune in with us next week for another great week here on The Career Confidant. And we'll see you then right here next week. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.